0: Welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes even a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this week, we are going to talk about altars. Um, (laughs) This is actually one of my favorite topics because the variety that's out there, there's structure uh, in some, eclectic randomness from others, and the way that you... You, when you look at an altar, you know that it's got a specific purpose and it's, it's got a specific deep meaning to the person who made it. I recommend a quick look on Pinterest so that you can get overwhelmed with all the fabulousness that's out altars. The key to creating your altar is that you are creating sacred space. So you want to start off in the proper frame of mind. Um, I like to clear my thoughts and just really focus on the work at hand, light incense that is appropriate to the work, which is usually just a sacred scent to you, a scent that is sacred to you. I start by physically cleaning my altar and I have, I have many, many altars in my house. Um, I have a large hutch that's not, it's not just where I put all my witchy supplies, it's actually my, my main altar. I have several small ones and a couple of other larger ones. But for when I talk about how I do my altar work, I'm talking about doing it at my main altar so I pull everything off my altar and scrub the altar surface down, scrub any items that I'm putting back on the altar down. Um, I give it a good salt water wash and then I wash it with Florida water and then I set it up with a de- statue of a deity and usually some rocks and some twigs. and. <laughs> <laughs> Shells, there's always shells. Um, There's my pot of sand that I burn my incense in. I have a huge piece of coral from my grandmother. And then if I have specific work to do, I will place those tools on my altar to charge them. Hmm. Um, because Because of the way my house is and the way the only space that I have for my main altar, I don't worry so much about setting up directions on it, um, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, But then when I'm done setting it all up, I light some incense and usually do an offering of a candle and then we're good for usually a month or so. (laughs) Oh, that's great. You know me, I'm not
1: big on structure and rules, but I feel like I will be adding some of these practices to my altar creation. But I'm not big on incense. Uh, What do you think about using essential oils instead of
0: incense? I say if it works for you, absolutely go for it. A little on a candle as part of the offering would be just perfect. did that last night. So some faith paths are going to require that your altar be set up in a very specific way and have very specific things on them. Um, I'm going to do my best to cover them. Wicca is definitely one of those that requires your altar be set up very specifically. It requires that certain things go north to the north and to the east south and west so at the north you're going to put your cup representing the goddess and any food okay to the east you're going to put your bell and then to the southeast your bowl of salt the south going to place your bowl of water. And in the west, you're going to put your wand and your Athme. Athme. And then on the north corners, so the north, the very, very northeast and the very, very northwest, you're going to put your statues or your items that represent the god and the goddess. Oh, okay. Very structured. Very, very structured. The directions all represent an element. Um, and I always forget the order that they go in. So because I am not Wicca. Yeah. Okay. I do believe that North is water.
1: Probably because you had the cup in the north.
0: So the directions all each represent an element. North represents air. East represents earth. South represents fire. And West represents water. With the center of your altar being where the spirit goes interesting
1: so it really doesn't line up with the things you would think you know with the cup and all that that i would kind of line up with the element but then didn't it's interesting and this is why we don't follow rules
0: <laughs> i am very bad with rules i am very bad
1: <laughs> Probably get a lot of wicca people yelling at us but my brain's um, going nope
0: that doesn't make sense I know, I I know. I I am very much a fly by the seat of my pants sort yeah. of girl. Yeah.
1: A lot of times so, i go, I go, I'm thinking about doing this. She goes, Hey, go for it. Sounds good to you, go for it. <laughs> I'm just gonna I didn't have a green candle, so I rolled it in. <laughs> Some green crystals went with went with that.
0: I bet it was gorgeous. It did burn pretty good.
1: Burned it really good for you.
0: (laughs) So other types, um, other paths that will have very structured altar settings are uh, Hindu, um, Hoodoo, to a certain extent, um, especially if you're laying out an altar for a loa. And Sometimes if you're working with the saints, some of the requirements for offerings will be very structured for an altar. But you don't have to rely on just structure. Any sacred space you create is going to be an altar. So if you wanted to create an altar for nature, just nature, go out, into nature and pick up things from your walk or things that, um, from your favorite place. I have a rock from under grandma tree um, on my altar Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or something that represents a specific aspect of nature you're trying to invoke or ask assistance of. Place an image of nature on your altar I have actually made an altar in nature. I have this pine tree that I have blessed for the fae, and I just have a tree stump out underneath it that I use to hold my offerings or anything during ritual.
1: Cool. There's no surprise that my main altar is geared around the ocean, Um, and of course all my important crystals are on it. Which brought you an interesting one that um, I haven't done yet. It's the travel one. Kristen has more than one travel one, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) I did find the box to put it in though. So, oh, yay! Travel. I haven't really designed it yet, but I'll let Kristen describe some of the things you can do with the travel altar.
0: So, I actually, one of my hobbies right now is to make travel altars um I think my absolute my favorite one that I've ever made was a tiny little charmed and blessed vial with some herbs and crystals and a couple little bits of oils um that I put I hung it from the door handle um of the room I was staying in during a very stressful family visit Mm -hmm. and that really helped keep uh my my quiet space quiet but i also make a point to collect little boxes and containers like little altoid containers or metal tin, you know metal tins um and i i like to decorate them and make them my own depending on the purpose um i've used images of Deities or fey printed the size I want. If an, if an altering is required, that goes in there. I've got uh, a travel altar that is actually a dual purpose deity altar and travel altar. I made it from an old shoebox and it's, <laughs> it's got space for her offerings and her gifts and it can be packed up pretty easily and moved and does a very good job of keeping her separate. And that's a requirement for working with her if she needs her own <laughs> sacred space. And that fit the bill.
1: Great, yes, yeah, so definitely when things start getting back to normal, it'll probably be one of the first things I do. <laughs> Elemental alters.
0: Okay, so I'll, All altars will naturally have a few things that represent the elements because anything you are putting on your altar is representative of one of the elements. So a feather on a nature altar can represent air. Incense can represent both fire and air. Salt represents earth. Um, The clay pot that my sand, incense holder is in is double earth Mm -hmm. Um, but an altar specifically for one or more of the elements is really really fun to put together so a lot of this information is going to be in our elemental episode which will be coming up after our wand episode (laughs) Mm. So that's two episodes away. Um, Think in terms of what you associate with the elements on your own. Um, And so I was, you can find examples on Pinterest for alters for single elements or singles or multiples or even some of the weirder elements that are out there. Again, we'll go over those in a future episode. I have um,
1: sand for earth, because what else would I have? Mm -hmm. Um, I think I've already given the story about the feather, given it to me, because I needed a feather for air, and a candle for fire, and of course, beach water for the water. This brings us into ancestor altars.
0: Ancestor altars aren't going to be for every witch out there. Um, If there's a history of family trauma um, or just not a feeling of connection, just be really sure to examine your reasons for wanting an ancestor altar. But that said, sometimes ancestor altars aren't just for specific ancestors, but for cultural ancestors, mm-hmm. or for the spirit of generational family. Things from this altar would be images of the people you're honoring, things they love, things that represent them. I like to feed it with a tiny bit of food and drink weekly. And I have a specific container I use just for that and I just place the food in there and then I toss it after a day. And feeding the ancestors is actually a very common theme in a variety of paths.
1: Yeah, you see that's pretty common. Next one is deities.
0: And it's really the same as most other (laughs) altars. I like to put an image of the deity and items that are sacred to that deity. Um, in my travel altar, for example, I have a statue of the deity and, uh, her favorite offerings, which are money. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a little money in there. Um, so that goes in her altar. Um, if you're working with a specific deity and, and you feel like they're asking you to leave a specific offering on your altar, do that. But um, be sure you know who you're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I work with a deity that doesn't share space. Her altar is just for her. I work with another deity who has no problem sharing space, but she has to be at the top of the order. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes it's specific foods and drinks that you need to leave. You know, sometimes it's trinkets. For some it's offerings of a little bit of blood. I don't judge just be certain that if you're you're working with yeah no when you leave food and drink for offerings just be sure that there are things that will get thrown out and not consumed because that's the point you don't want to consume what you've left the ancestors or the deities you um if you leave a trinket that trinket is gone you need to be willing to fully part with that trinket Makes offerings offerings need to be things that are going to go away yeah. yeah you don't want to give something and then
1: put it back in your jewelry box exactly um when we were doing the research for this i thought you know i, I don't have a dv's altar and so i'm sitting here at my desk and i'm typing up notes for the episode and i kind of glance to the right where i have my goddess painting and, um sculpture and um mm-hmm a representation of the horse and sea shelf in the sea. And I'm like, okay, well, really, this is basically my altar for the Morgan. Um, yep. I have my raven can holder, candle holder and a case of crystals with my sigil sandbox. And I'm like, okay. So sometimes we make things without even realizing what, we're, what space we're creating. Yes. So altar. Right now, my room is going through major changes, so I haven't moved around a little bit, but yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe I do have one. That covers. This. Do you have anything um, extra you want to add, like general stuff for alters? Or?
0: Um, um, I'm sure that I will think of something um, the minute we are done recording. But really, just remember that an altar is just sacred space mm-hmm. and if you decide something is sacred space to you that's your altar exactly it, it's
1: that simple and it could be your altar and you don't even realize it yep it's really interesting how this whole the deities one that i didn't even i mean i didn't set it up that thinking this is my altar for that but then i'm just looking at this whole thing going oh. Okay. What yeah. You um, yeah. Ancestor one I have on top of my dresser. It's where the picture of my parents and my grandmother and that, and there's some stuff up there, so that could be ancestor. Now, one thing I'm bad at is giving offerings, and Kristen will chew me out because every time I complain that the fairies are taking my <laughs> jewelry, she's like, Mm, did you do what I told you to do? Yeah. I'm like, mm, we well, know maybe not recently. Feed <laughs> the fairies. Feed the fairies, so oh, they will take all your pretty. Um,
0: Always need the fairies. All right, so I think that's it for this episode. Um, thank you for joining us this week. You can find us at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can email us at lunar at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can find us on YouTube at Lunar Magic Teatime. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. And we are also on Teespring where you can buy a sticker or a mug. And will we put a link on our webpage for that? Or yes, we will. That will be going up probably this week. So I think that's it. I think that's everything.
1: <laughs> Always thank you for joining us. Um, be safe and have a magical week.